Hello, my beautiful ladies and everybody else listening to this podcast. Today is a very big day because it's the very first official day that I'm sitting down to record an episode for the Spiritually Me podcast, which is a new passion project and I'm really excited about. Mental health is a really big pillar in discussion here in this podcast. So I wanted to kick it off by talking about seasonal affective disorder, also known as the winter blues or just seasonal depression. Um, It's something that I relate to, I've had experience with, so I wanted to share my personal story around this, especially because we are just beginning the winter season. And I also wanted to share some tips and a few ways that we can help um, that can hopefully help you manage your seasonal depression if you are going through this. Welcome to the Spiritually Me podcast that helps you connect with that beautiful and eternal being within you. Whether you're new to spirituality or a seasoned practitioner, this is the show for you. As someone who has struggled with my inner voice and felt unsure of how to live a life that aligns with my soul, I know how confusing it can be. That's why I created this podcast, to help others find the clarity, peace, and purpose that I have found in my own journey. So if you're craving guidance, support on your journey towards spiritual awakening and divine connection, Tune into this podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. I'm Dulce Candy, your Latina sister, and this is Spiritually Me. Before we begin, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and a comment. You guys know I love listening to your feedback, so your feedback is super valuable and a really great way for me to connect with you guys, especially if you are not watching the episode on YouTube. I want to know what you guys think. That's my favorite part. So leave a review and a comment, and I can't wait to connect with you guys there. Let's begin by defining what is seasonal affective disorder, aka SAD or the winter blues, seasonal depression. The Mayo Clinic actually describes this as a mood disorder characterized by depression that occurs at the same time every single year. Researchers still don't know necessarily what is the actual cause of the winter blues, but even though I live in Los Angeles and we still have sunshine, it's not that cold, it's not like horrible weather, there's still the change that happens in the winter. And I feel like for me, it's more of like the darkness, the coldness, and just kind of seeing everything dead outside. I actually want to start off by just sharing a little bit of my own story, just a little bit of a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about thoughts of not being on planet Earth. So if you are very sensitive to that, um, maybe this is not the time to be tuned into this episode. But I also want to be open and honest about my experience because I feel like the topic of mental health is still very taboo in the Hispanic community because I've experienced the fact that it's still a stigma and a taboo, even though we've done already so much um, in terms of progress and talking about things like this. There still seems to be this kind of feeling that you are crazy or something is wrong with you. And it's almost, it feels a little bit like shame. So I understand why so many people who are told that 
because of cultural or religious beliefs, we're told that these are mentiras del diablo or you're being possessed by a demon or just pray it away. You need to get closer to God if you're experiencing any kind of mental health or you're just looked at like, what is wrong with you? You are crazy. And so this keeps so many Latinos and people of color, women of color, especially from even seeking professional help. And they find a way to just kind of shove it down and not talk about it, suppress it, and things get worse. And so that's why I am so passionate about mental health and sharing this. And I feel like this is why God, for me specifically, put me through living the experience of being a depressed and suicidal child. Child, yes, because I had my first suicidal thought when I was um, eight. And I didn't have my first attempt, but I did. And I've shared this before. Um, I remember just getting a big fat red marker and coloring my wrists and just laying there on the floor hoping my parents would find me because I wanted attention. But I've had these kind of dark thoughts since I was a very little girl and they got worse when I hit puberty and then they disappeared. And then when I hit 25, I had those thoughts again and then they came back a year ago. And so it's been something that's always been a part of me and I used to always fight it. I never wanted to embrace it. I was always like, why? You know, like, why do I feel like this? Like being a depressed person was my identity and my state of being. And I was also a highly functioning depressed person because nobody would know I still was able to create financial career success in my 20s and so on and do all of these things, even though I was dealing with all of these day in and day out. And it wasn't until it hit me the hardest it's ever hit me um, a year ago in October, and it happened all throughout the winter, that I realized that, whoa, something was really calling for my attention. There was a lot of things that I had to process and deal with for a very long time that I hadn't dealt with. And they got very, very worse. They got very worse. They got worse as the months were progressing and I had no idea what was happening. My mom, my dad, my sister Wendy, they were very concerned and I was a little skeptical, not skeptical, I was feeling very reserved in regards to sharing this because I don't know if my extended family is going to be listening to this or, you know, the world is going to be listening to this and it's something very personal to share it's so personal to share, but I also don't want that stigma to continue on because it's taken people's lives. And if this can help someone feel like they're not alone and that there is hope and that things could get better, um, then that's why I'm doing it. Honestly, it's not something that I'm ashamed of of sharing. It's only that I've become so much more of a private person with my life because I do believe that not everybody deserves to know everything that you're going through, especially something so personal. But I also have to recognize what is the bigger picture in this. And I'm also not divulging my whole personal life, but I feel like it's important to talk about this. And so when I started my meditation practice, I finally, a year ago, actually, I started my meditative my meditation practice and I started meditating twice a day, 20 minutes. And I had never really meditated before like that and actually meditating and focusing and concentrating on my 
my mantra, which is my sound, my vehicle that takes me within to meet my highest self, when I started to experience not only higher levels of consciousness, but I actually started to open up myself, I did not know that what I was doing was actually opening up all the wounds and really allowing so much space for everything that I've buried deep within my soul to come forth and into the surface. And so that's why when you do have a mental disorder or you suffer from schizophrenia or something a lot more challenging, it's recommended that you definitely have someone with you to guide you or overcome those challenges first um, before starting a meditation practice because it opens you up to all of your feelings and everything comes to the surface. And I didn't know that that's what was happening. I was actually also asking my teacher, like, is this normal? Like, I hear all of these incredible benefits of meditation. You're supposed to feel like, you know, you relieve stress. I know all this stuff, but why am I not feeling all of the positive benefits of meditation? I was already cultivating the positive things in those moments, but I was also releasing so much meditation is a detoxifying process it detoxifies your mind your body and your soul it brings everything out that's what meditation is it's a detoxifying process and so that's what I was doing I was detoxifying my emotional body and myself but yes I also had those moments of not being here I actually have a photo of the day that I tried didn't try, but I really had the idea that day that that was going to be it. Um, I have a photo because after that, I went to the beach with my kids and my husband. And yeah, that was a very emotionally intense day for me. Um, And I have a photo of that specific day. So anyways, what I started to do was seek professional help. That's when I actually started to grab a hold of my life completely. Um, I seeked out a therapist. I went to the VA hospital. I asked my doctor to do a whole complete physical checkup on on me, my brain. I'm still working on getting mental uh, brain scans so I can see if my brain is functioning as it should. I have been diagnosed with PTSD from the military and all of that trauma from being in war and all those things, which interestingly enough, There's so many soldiers, so many veterans who struggle with PTSD and it's such a big stigma because it's looked at as a sign of weakness if you say that you have PTSD in the military. That's what I witnessed and experienced as a young soldier. You don't ever want to be known as the one who has PTSD because everybody else will kind of look at you like you're weak. So you don't even say that you have it, even if you suffer from it. So I went out, got started seeing a therapist. Um... It helped me just to have someone to talk to because I also didn't want to be like this person who just, you know, divulges all of my pain onto just my family because people should, there's the people that you devote, that you share this information with sometimes are not capable of helping you besides listening to you, you know, but they don't have the tools to actually help you overcome what you are feeling. So if you are going through this, the number one thing that I would say that you I would recommend that you think of doing is 
getting your whole body checked out, like getting an actual physical done and being very honest with your doctor and being very open to all of the possibilities that you can uh, do when it comes to healing. You know, I was just open to everything. And in my 20s, I was like, I don't want to be on medication. I don't want to be on pills, all this stuff. But it was just ignorance talking. This time I was open and I actually asked for help. I asked for help. I asked my husband for help. And he was with me through this whole time. He's the one that set up all of my appointments with the VA hospital to make sure that I got some help. He was doing reaching out to so many people to make sure that my mental health was was that I was okay. And so I think we have to stop looking at our mental health as a weakness because it's not. We're just experiencing a disharmony in our brains, you know, and it's has nothing to do with our level of worth or our strength. As a matter of fact, I believe that people who do struggle with the challenge of having any type of mental disharmonies, a mental illness, I believe those are the strongest individuals on this planet. They are the strongest because they have to battle their mind. Not every other day, moment by moment, by moment, by moment to survive. And the reason that I was inspired to film this episode was because I started to notice symptoms that I felt last year during this time. I started to feel them again just recently now that the weather has changed and I've seen an actual change in the weather because this past August, it's also my birthday month, so I was really feeling myself. I've been working out already for two and a half years, so I was like, you know, trying on new clothes and just feeling so confident overall and just going outside of my comfort zone. I was learning and growing so much and then it started to get colder, it started to get darker, and I just, my mood just started to change. And I started to feel little things that are not like me. And these are the things that I actually started to notice that made me look into what seasonal affective disorder is. And this is what inspired this episode. So how long did it last for me last year? October to March, so definitely like all winter long. So I started noticing just recently that I felt unmotivated. I started to, I fell off my my diet because I do have a diet. There's certain goals that I'm fit, uh, working towards when it comes to my physical body. So I have a diet that I follow that makes me feel so great and I'm super happy. It's not a diet where I restrict myself, but it's definitely a diet that nourishes me. A lot of it is plant-based and I eat at specific times of the day also because I just want to be more regular with my body overall. So I started to eat a lot of takeout and overeat actually. So I was craving a lot of bread, a lot of carbs. I just wanted comfort food. I wanted things that just, that just felt good to my body. I also started to sleep in. And those that know me, you know I'm all about a morning routine and I also wake up at four or five in the morning every single day because I am committed to seeing how far I can push my limits and all of that has to do with overcoming all of my mental uh, illnesses. Uh, I was also feeling a little bit hopeless, started to compare myself, which are ugly feelings that I hate feeling. Um... I felt my brain was also scattered. I wasn't sticking to my day-to-day routine or my actual spiritual practice also. So I was going straight to work, which is something that I never do. But I started to be like, I started to notice that I was really changing for 
the worst. I wasn't following the things that keep me grounded and create the foundation for a beautiful life and a beautiful day. I did this incredible IG life with the one and only beautiful queen, Ava Mendes, and I made myself a little vodka with orange juice that day just so I can ease my nerves a little bit. But after feeling the way that I felt, I started to want that feeling a little bit more. I didn't start drinking after that because I started to just be aware of like, these are unhealthy habits that I'm I feel like I'm starting to form and I completely let go of the things that keep me grounded the only thing that I kept doing was working out but even then not consistently like I usually do and I start I, I did keep my meditation practice um, because those are the things that I just feel guilty if I don't do them so those are the things that I started to notice now let's go into what is actual seasonal affective disorder you know the Mayo Clinic describes this as a mood disorder characterized by depression that occurs at the same time every single year. Typically, this happens in people where the climate is, uh, there's less sunlight at certain times of the year. So anywhere really far up north and down south um, from the hemisphere. Don't brush off that yearly feeling as simply a case of the winter blues or a seasonal funk that you just have to tough out on your own. Take steps to keep your mood and motivation steady throughout the year, right? So symptoms, if you are experiencing, and again, this is not medical advice whatsoever. I'm actually reading this from the Mayo Clinic. Feeling hopeless, sad, down most of the day, nearly every single day, you just kind of feel sad. Losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed. I was just talking about that. Having low energy and feeling sluggish. Having problems with sleeping too much. Experiencing carbohydrate cravings, overeating, and weight gain. I actually got this PR email uh, from someone that represents Martin Preston, who is the founder and chief executive at Delamere. So he actually shared with me some key tips on how to manage this type of disorder. So you guys go check out Delamere. Uh, thanks again to Martin Preston for these wonderful uh, six tips that he's going to give us. And I really love these. So we're going to talk about them. Number one, surround yourself with daylight. He talks about the importance of being able to go outside, experience the sun nonetheless. The less uh, surround yourself with plants indoors or make sure like for example if you work indoors put your desk if you can next to a big window where you can visually see all of nature outside of you so you're not so feeling like you're just in this you know dark house or in this dark room what we need is the vitamin d the vitamin d also helps release serotonin within our bodies so it just instantly makes us feel happy it's the happy chemical next up he recommends to maintain a daily schedule i do have to say that when i went through my darkest time that's when I really started to take accountability over my own life. And this is when I started to create a morning routine. Now, I wanted to push my own boundaries. I wanted to discipline myself also is another quality that I felt like I was lacking. And so in order for me to be a disciplined person, I felt like I had to wake up at four or five in the morning as often as possible whenever I promised myself that I was going to do so and stick to this very like, very detailed 
a type of routine. So I had literally every second mapped out of things that were going to help me. I begin, I wake up, I do my yoga, I do my meditation, I do my workout, I study, I read, and that was about it, right? So those that whole routine takes up about three hours. And those things, I knew that whatever I was doing with my life, all of those things were going to help me in my life in the future. So those became very important for me. And also what I ate was very, very important to me. Uh, So a morning routine is the foundation, is the foundation to your entire day. If you don't have a morning routine, you're just letting everything up to chance when you do have a certain of control over how you want your day to go and what you want to experience and what you want to think and actually feel. And I actually learned that through Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm taking his training, which I'm really excited about. So Martin Preston also recommends to exercise often. That's a really big one. Exercise, we just know it's going to instantly make us feel better. I was just talking to a loved one today who went through um, a car crash. And this person is someone who I really admire. Uh, She's a single mom and she really carries the whole world on her on her shoulders. There's so much that she has to balance and take care of her family and her whole family is dependent on her. And I was outside uh, working out and she was inside of the house and I was working out and I was already working through some, you know, mental challenges that I had this morning. I was like just kind of fighting through them, setting up my, a, a stronger mentality and, and releasing the tension that I had from the morning. I walked inside the house and I asked her, Do you have anything where you can release everything that you are carrying? Because it's so much. And she said no, because she really does not have time for anything else besides working, providing, and taking care of her family. She's a single mom and she's doing it all. And she's an amazing person, a woman I admire tremendously. So she's someone who really does not have time or herself. And I was just thinking how much help it would give her if she had any kind of form to release what she feels inside. Walking is so beneficial. Walking is one of my favorite things to do on the planet, going out for a walk. And actually, I think also because now it's colder outside and I wasn't going on walks anymore because it's darker and it's, you know, it's not that safe to be a young woman out and about in the world now nowadays. So I'm, I, I don't feel safe walking, even though I live in a safe neighborhood, safe neighborhood, anything can happen in any neighborhood. I also stopped going on my walks, which I usually go to listen to a podcast, clear my mind, talk to God, talk to my mom, get some workout, you know, get some exercise, some fresh air, move my blood. All of that is just a bonus. And I wasn't doing that as a part of my daily routine anymore. So that also contributed to my winter blues. But now I know. Now I'm aware. Next up uh, is eat well. Make sure you are eating well. Martin Preston said sticking to a healthy, balanced diet is certainly a positive step that you can take to manage your seasonal affective disorder. After all, your brain functions better when you eat well and you are hydrated. That is so true. I think because we hear so often, drink water, water is good for you, we don't really think it's 
that big of a deal when we don't and then we prioritize work and so many other things before drinking water. I know that whenever I have a headache, it's because I haven't hydrated. If I'm feeling irritable, it's because I haven't hydrated. I just feel more energized. I feel happier. I feel more ready to accomplish and tackle my goals when I drink water and I make it a priority. Drinking water and hydrating myself is a part of my to-do list. Every single day throughout the day, I am drinking water because I know how I feel when I don't drink water. Eating well is so important too because I feel like when I am feeling depressed, I tend to just want to eat more takeout and just eat food that just makes me feel good. If I sometimes, if I'm not feeling well, I'll just tell my hubby like, just take me to Topper's Pizza. I just want a Topper's Pizza right now. And I feel like crap right afterwards. I feel worse and then I feel bloated and then I look in the mirror and I'm just like, I'm not happy. You know, it just, it really does make me feel worse. So just being conscious of the way that food makes us feel is such a big deal. When I started my spiritual awakening, just naturally, I was just drawn to a more plant-based diet. It just naturally happened to me. I just naturally did not want to eat chicken like that. I just didn't want to eat those things anymore because what I was going through And the fact that I had thoughts of not being here, the last thing that I wanted to do was to eat things that would make me feel worse. You know, so right now when I'm not in a deep state of depression, I do crave comfort food. But when I was in the deepest end, ironically, and actually when I started my spiritual awakening and I was in the midst of the dark night of the soul and that moment of my life, I just could not picture myself when I wasn't taking, when I finally started taking accountability over my life. I just couldn't picture myself eating things that were going to make me feel worse. I just wanted to eat things that would make me feel better. I just wanted things that were filled with vibrational, high quality energy, foods that are actually full of life. When you consume those, your body just powers up. Your soul, you start to glow. Your eyes become wider. Your skin clears up. You just look like a like a diosa. And I remember thinking to myself, what is the highest version of myself? How can I attain that? And I started to visualize myself with the ha- with the healthiest skin, healthiest hair, healthiest eyes, like the brightest white eyes, the most beautiful smile, luscious, healthy hair, the, the healthiest version of myself. Who is that? And how can I obtain that? And my diet changed tremendously because of that. So that was my own personal decision and choice. Number five, keep in regular with your loved ones. Yes, he said, another common symptom of seasonal affective disorder is finding it hard to stay in touch with friends and family because you just want to stay secluded in your own bubble, especially if, you know, you don't really open up to people about what you're going through. Make sure that you make an effort to hang out with people, to see them, to be in their company of people who love you, who support you, and who can hold space for you and are not going to look at you like, ah, it's just that triste de vuelta or something like that. Like that is not the vibe that you need at all or that you deserve. Amp up your self-care routine. You know, he says to really make time for the things that fill you up. What are those things that light your soul on fire? What do you love to do where you go into that state of trance? You know, what do they call it? The flow state where you're just completely lost track of time and you're just in the moment you know that's what meditation also gives you that feeling of just losing track of time the moment 
And the last thing that I wanted to leave you guys off with was the power of alchemizing your energy. Like if you are in a depressive state of being right now, one of the things that helped me out a lot was redirecting that energy because that energy is very potent and it's very powerful, right? It can really change up your whole world in a very drastic way. So instead of letting it consume us, why not take that energy and shift it towards something else, right? Alchemize that energy, transform that energy. And I also just wanted to add a final disclaimer is that even one mental illness does not look the same in every single person. So however I experience winter blues, it's going to be even completely different to how you perceive it and how you experience it in your own life. I just wanted to share my own personal advice, the things that have helped me because I really do feel like depression is not something that is in control of my life anymore. Like I used to let it be in control. It's something that I definitely do have the power to influence tremendously and it's given me a lot of self-confidence and power over my own life and now that I have the awareness I was able to notice the little things within me that were changing instead of letting them progress into something that I thought was just my normal state of being you know like that depressive state of being where I feel out of control and out of balance and not in harmony with my life I thought that was normal but it wasn't it's just that I didn't have the awareness and the tools that I have today that have really helped me take control of that. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to prioritize your mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health, especially during this time period of coldness and darkness. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Dulce Candy or on YouTube at Sweet Soul. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Have a blessed and beautiful day.